hey there! Do you have a preferred brand of mouthwash? What are your favorite beerses? What's your go-to sock brands? Hey, this is the Top 5 Podcast where nothing is off limits and everyone is wrong even when we think they are right. I'm your host today, Eric Shane. With me as always is Mr. Zach Rancourt. Zach Rancourt, how, you, how are you, bud? I'm pretty good. Just having a lot of fun with uh, ChatGPT and some image yeah. generators that we were talking about before the show. And yeah. it's pretty crazy stuff. I'm loving it. You sold me. I'm on board. I'm I'm totally on the AI train. I've actually found one, a buddy of mine, a professional buddy of mine. And he's like, hey, you use a lot of Excel, of course. Do you know Excel bot? And I'm like, no. It's like you chat it. You just type in your actual like your English phrase for the what you're looking for to do. It'll spit out an Excel code for you to go try in sheets. And it works. It's so good. It's so cool. It's so it's great. So, it's so helpful. <laughs> right. Or, or you could take like I have seniors who have been there forever and they just like they have their sheets from, you know, the, the Cold War and <laughs> like old codes that barely make sense anymore. And I'm like the strings of whatever you can copy that into these this AI and it'll tell you what it's meant to do. Oh, it'll man. deconstruct it for it in plain English. So. Wonderful. Yeah. AI is here to help folks, but yeah. uh, you know who else is here to help? Mr. Thomas Lockhart. Thomas I Lockhart. I'm a robot too. <laughs> yes, you are, buddy. Yes, you are. Oh, TP is still out there in our D&D game. Right. <laughs> he's he's out there as a villain, a mega villain. You, oh, you did it, pal. I'm so happy that I made a mega villain. Like, you made a mega villain. <laughs> just... Oh, that's the. I think that's one of the best things in my life is yeah. that in my D and D world, I have made what is going to be a super final boss someday. <laughs> a super villain, yeah. Oh, so You've already tangled with him at least once, and it was almost a disaster for the party. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I, yeah, that's the fun thing about D and D, guys. So. Speaking of D&D and things that maybe the listeners don't know a whole lot about, hey, have you ever known a know-it-all? Have you ever called someone a know-it-all? Have you ever been called one? No one likes a know-it-all, usually because they vastly overestimate their own intelligence, like they're wildly egotistical, right? And they badly underestimate everyone else's, or they devalue the things that capture their interests, right? The, I'm not interested in that. Therefore, nobody should be interested in that. It's totally ego, right? It's that's that's a bullshit way to go through life because everyone knows something that you don't. But that also means you know all kinds of things that relatively few people know about. Esoteric knowledge used to refer specifically to knowledge of the arcane, but it has expanded to mean subject matters of interest that are relevant to only a select group of people separated from what is common knowledge. So. This is a get to know us episode where you learned what we've nerded out about and information, random bits of information we've collected over the years as we discuss our top five esoteric subjects. And as usual, we did not share a list with each other. And by no means are we experts in this or any other category. We're just a few dudes who like to discuss nonsense. So, Tom, what's your number one, buddy? Uh, so... We didn't talk about our list, but I'm going to go ahead and assume this is going to be on Zach's list, too. Mm -hmm. And that is movies. Yay! Ah, movies are out there in the world. Um, I And I would say between me and Zach, I would go with Zach is quality and I'm quantity when it comes to movies. <laughs> Except for Plane. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the greatest movie ever, Plane. Starring Gerard Butler. <laughs> um, because I have seen... So many movies, um, thousands upon thousands. But the problem there is 
a lot of them, I don't remember a single thing that happened in them. Like there are tons of movies I've seen that I have to start it and go, Oh wait, I've seen this movie before. Well, like, <laughs> how did I forget that? Um, but I just, I have so many movies in my head and it's not mostly good movies. I would say it actually leans heavier into terrible movies that I've seen. Uh, You've mentioned Hell Comes to Frogtown quite a few times. That's good. That, well, I said that they're bad movies. That's one of the good movies. Oh, one of the okay. Best Sorry. movies ever made. I've never seen um, it, so okay. <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown is so good. Esoteric um, knowledge. But yes, I know movies like Hell Comes to Frogtown or The Room, you know, the and the room's like it's, it's like a popular movie at this point. It has a movie made about it. Like that's not even like one of those deep dives. Uh, so bringing up something that happened recently at Trivia this previous week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I ran into someone who I didn't see, haven't seen like in three years. Normally, that's like my biggest fear ever and i hate every second of it but it was someone that i actually wanted to see wade was at trivia but he he was just there having beer with some of his friends and i had to ask like eric and gordy i was like is that wade because like he has a mustache now and i was just like i don't want to walk up to him just in case it's not but it was and it was great to see him um and he decided to stick around for trivia because i like we were there. He was like, oh, I guess we'll play trivia. And sure. along came the movie round, the picture <laughs> movie round, where Eric passed out a picture of 10 movies. You just got to, what movie is it based on the picture? And you write it down. And I took the clipboard away from who had it. And I took the picture myself. <laughs> and I wrote down all 10 within about a minute and a half. <laughs> uh, I went over to t- Wade's table, who I would think would know most of these. And he only had like five of them down. And I mocked him <laughs> ruthlessly. And by the way, because... I'm just going to, I'll just intercede very quickly that the subject, the, the hidden uh, subject for those lists of movies where they were adaptations of video games. Oh. To identify these movies, they were all adaptations of video games. That Which was is what I... shocked me even more that Wade didn't know them because most right. of them, you can tell, like, if you know the video game, you're yeah. going to know the movie. Like, like Laura Croft. You know what Laura Croft looks like. Come on. What are mm-hmm. we doing here? Uh, but yeah, I just have this long list of movies in my head. Uh, Zach, you go ahead and talk because I know you're going to be talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also have movies on there. I call it film because I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a savant Classy. and I'm, I'm so uppity. Um, <clears throat> but no, uh, yeah, I love movies with with an absolute passion. I've said it several times on this podcast, and hell, I even have a movie podcast, the Don't Be Crazy, Don't Be Crazy Movie Podcast. Mm-hmm. So I love film just like you, um, and I love bad movies as well. Uh, you know, I'm. I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, that was terrible. But I'm also glad I watched it so I could formulate my own opinion. Uh, I think later in life, just because I know I don't have much more time left or my time is precious to me. There are certain movies that I'm like, I don't want to watch this because it's going to be a waste of time (laughs) unless it's plain starring Gerard Butler. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like I recently watched Megan, the, the horror movie about the robot. It's not even really a horror movie. And I, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, this looks really stupid. It looks like a beat for beat child's play remake, uh, kind of updated. And it kind of was. However, I'm glad I watched it. And I can see merit in, in why people would enjoy the movie. It fits a modern audience. And they had some fun stuff in it. So, like, I'm not going to complain too much. And you know what? I watched it from the comfort of my own home. So, 
for me, I can talk film all day long with people. And most people know that about me. I mean, it just movies mean so much to me because it's it's an escape. It is a way to analyze something and appreciate something in, in a different route or different mindset. Um, I was discussing Patrick H. Willem's uh, video on how to analyze film on YouTube. And so I was discussing that uh, last weekend when when my girlfriend and I were going, we were in Portland and we were going to fly out to Hawaii the next day, but we were having beers and I was giving her examples of how you can analyze anything. And so we looked at some art on the wall and I, I don't know how to look at art or read it, but we developed through the techniques that I learned through this video, we developed and formulated some sort of meaning that we both saw in it. And it was awesome. I'm like, holy shit, it seemed as clear as day. And like, that's what I do with movies when I watch them, uh, whether it's a Con Air, which I absolutely <laughs> love, <laughs> or it's a Lord of the Rings, which I also absolutely love. I mean, you know, two Oscar worthy films right there. <laughs> of course. Uh, pretty much on the same on the same playing field. But like uh, I could have some shitty movies too. Clue. Clue's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it, it never won any awards. It's a cult classic. So it kind of mm-hmm. bombed when it first came out. But I love film with a passion and and I can talk my ass off. And just like you, Tom, with trivia, whenever there's a movie around, I'm like, I got this. Yeah. But I try to I try to I've tried to take a step back lately and let my teammates like answer. I'm kind of like, good. Wh- who is in true lies? Come on, you know, you come, know. Yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> as I, as uh, I said at the top, yeah. man, everybody knows something you don't know. And yes. this is one of those things where like. Everybody knows movies like everybody's seen movies pretty much. Right. But it's the total depth of knowledge. Like, Tom, you said it right at the top quality versus quantity. You have the quantity. <laughs> and, 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 and Zach, you know, he's thinking not just about he's thinking about the nuts, the nitty gritty of what makes that film. He's thinking mm-hmm. about story. He's thinking about he's thinking about casting. He's thinking about direction. He's thinking about editing. He's thinking about cinematography. He's thinking about all of these things where Tom's just like, give me the story. This is awful. I love it. Ah, frog people. (laughs) Yes, let's do this. (laughs) And that's, and that's fine too. Uh, For most people, the general population, they go consume their Marvel you know, a popcorn flick or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll, they'll argue about movies all the time, but maybe not so much to the levels that you guys know. You know so. Yeah. They'll yeah, go it, and it, see their transformers, but have they yeah. seen transmorphers? <laughs> the equally as <laughs> good B movie. Right. Like I'm one of those people. So movies are not, it's not on my list. I've seen movies too. And I can argue with you guys about movies too, but it's not on my list. And as far as the don't be crazy podcast, uh, Mandy listened to the episode where Tom and I uh, came on there and talked about Rambo mm-hmm. and she watched Rambo with me oh, so and good. yeah, and really liked it. And, you know, talked about how two and three are kind of like shit them up, bang, bang, popcorn flicks that kind of get away from the story. But Rambo four was a little bit of that, but also a little bit more tie in. And was just like, do you want to watch Rambo four? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so we Hell made, pop- yeah. we made popcorn and sat there and watched Rambo four. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, she has seen now two full Rambo movies that she had never seen before. Wow. Thanks to the don't be crazy podcast. So wow. well I, done. I really was, was craving a Rambo four. And I know that one through three are on HBO max, but I didn't know where four was streaming. I, I just uh, forgot Prime. to look prime. Okay. It was, it was on prime 
I think it ended a few days ago, though, so I'll you might have it. to, yeah, yeah. probably rent it on Prime, but it's not free there anymore. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, I should probably just buy it. <laughs> so that's also true. <laughs> yeah, might as well. That's awesome, and yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love movies. I love film with a passion. There, there are obviously things like you're saying. It's on Peacock, by the way. Um, oh, is it th- now? Okay. Yeah, there are. Th- things I don't know, certain movies I, I just do not know. And that's, that's okay. I, I'm never going to be, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm never going to be all encompassing, I guess, for film. Like I'm not going to go know every single thing, even if I pretend like I, I might. Yeah. Um, well, there are not, people yeah. who, as you're alluding, there are people who make that, that that's their whole life. Yeah. Like yeah. that's their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's not my intention to ever come across as a know-it-all or to come across as a subject matter expert. Um, no, I just get really passionate about movies, and so I love to talk about you it. You are I mean, allowed yeah. to be passionate about whatever you want to be passionate about. You are uh, allowed to know what you know. You don't yeah. owe anybody an apology for being super interested in a thing, no matter how weird or off the cuff or away from the mainstream it is. That's the entire point of this episode. Exactly. Everybody has things like that that they know just for the fun of knowing it. It doesn't always have to be profitable and it doesn't always have to make sense to everybody else. It's okay to know things just to know them yeah. just be just for the interest of learning about them. Absolutely. Well, so, Eric, what do you know? Well, uh, I've talked about this a couple of times. Uh, presidents. Uh, I'll start Ooh. off. Yeah, presidents of the United States. Tom laughs because the I band. This. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Nice the band. Beaches. Beaches. God, such, uh, uh, lump sad alone in a buggy mine. I like a Weird so, Al's version better. Yeah. It's, lump sad I, alone on a bench in the park. That's, I cannot <laughs> think of that song without thinking that. Yeah. And, and I just want to say something. Can you think of a third song by them? By the presidents? Yeah. Uh, no, I know Lump exactly. And it, it's those two. That's yeah. those are the two songs okay. they've made. Whatever. Nothing else. <laughs> I could think of one actually. Oh. They, they they did a song about the Supersonics in the nineties. Oh. oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's it's a dope dope song, man. It's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, presidents is in the presidency is in the commander in chief. Um, that's something for whatever reason like. I'm fascinated. I have a working knowledge of of most of the presidents and probably half of the presidential elections that we've ever had. I have like a working foundational weird political knowledge of them. I don't know why I've collected this bit of information over the years. I just I have. I'm fascinated by the subject matter. Um, I'm fascinated by the office. I'm fascinated by those who have ever held it. I'm fascinated by those who seek it, especially now, because you're talking about you are talking about the most powerful person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And not just now, but ever who, who's the most powerful person in the world, whoever happens to be the president of the United States is the most powerful person of all time at any given moment that you're talking about. I mean, even graded on a curve. Um, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how powerful they are. <laughs> so anyway, and I'm jaded enough that a lot of, mostly I can separate the pol- my own like politics from the history that that's happening as it's happening. I can, I can listen to their speeches and, and, and rhetorically analyze like in 2016, when it was Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, you know, they totally, they totally disparate viewpoints, totally, you know, whatever fascinating election, fascinating subject matter. And I, the, I could rhetorically analyze what Trump was saying to his base and why he was saying it. And the same thing for Hillary Clinton and all that. And then it's like, I separate, you know, I didn't get too emotionally invested in myself. I've only really been wrapped up emotionally twice 2008 and 2020 and i'm not going to go too much into it because this isn't a politics podcast i'm just talking about 
for, from when you're talking about presidents, uh, I'm interested in the subject matter. Uh, one term presidents they were talking about in 2020, all controversial, whatever. Oh, we don't, we don't usually have one term president. Like, dude, come on, George H.W. Bush, Jimmy mm-hmm. Carter. <laughs> like, uh, Ford was only in Gerald there for Ford. a little bit. Like, and, and he wasn't even like you know, he was he wasn't even he didn't run for president in '72. He was sp- Speaker of the House of Representatives, and by '76, he was president of the United States. I mean. That had never happened before, and it hasn't happened since. It's weird, but I, I'm fascinated by the presidents. So when I had the chance, like when I was doing trivia at the at the at the brewery, Lake Stevens Brewing Company, um, I kind of keep going back to that. And, and on my general knowledge round, I'll you know, it's like, oh, well, this what president, blah blah blah, and you know, some people know and some people don't, whatever have you. And then my friends, Tom, Colton, Jordan, they were just <laughs> like, dude. Come on, we don't know. Like that's enough. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you, you okay. were our guy who knew, and then you yeah. took over trivia. I, on the team, I was know. the guy who knew it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, I know. That's James Garfield. Garfield. There's no way there was a president named Garfield. Yeah, there was actually. Yeah, Chester, uh, Chester A. Arthur. There you go. Yes, as a matter of fact, there you go. James Monroe. Uh, I, I yeah. know presidents. There you go. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I was the guy. There was like, dude, enough. And I'm like, okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. I got you. But come President's Day, I'm gonna get your ass. So come President's Day, and what happened on President's Day? Tom was the only one who showed up who had to do it alone. And I don't know anything about presidents. Oh man, now I got crushed on those two rounds, but still took fifth place. Now, in Colton's defense, he got actually he was sick. He couldn't make it in. But, yeah. <laughs> and Jordan has a newborn like baby. So like, you know, what are you going to do there? Still jerks. They still ducked me. Leaving me all. Jess could have been there. <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, my point is, it's, it's just something that I'm fascinated by that uh, that a lot of people maybe don't necessarily know about or, you know, so you talk about 46, 46 presidents, but only 45 people have been in, you know, Wait, why? Yeah, because there was one guy who was president, the 22nd and the 24th president. And it was, you know, what what happened? Okay. Like, I know all of this stuff and it's like a total mystery, even though they covered it in school. I don't know why you guys don't remember it. Well, I know why. Because you didn't care. You didn't give a shit. It didn't mean anything to you. I, however, was interested in it. I was fascinated in it. And a lot of these nuggets just sort of fit into my head and I still read about it. And uh, I'll have more to say on that subject uh, later on on another entry of mine. So, presidents. There you go. I dig it. And I also like the presidents a lot. It does remind me, I just sent you guys a link, but did you happen to see on Twitter the thread where somebody AI generated yes. images of all 46 presidents with mullets? Yeah. <laughs> it was badass, dude. <laughs> Obama looks so cool. He looks right. like straight out of like a black exploitation film. Like he's he's about to like kick somebody in the face and then go, you yeah. know, have sex with a woman or something like he's he looks awesome. And then LBJ, <laughs> LBJ, LBJ was rad. Looking. LBJ looks weird. Looks uh, so H- HW looks weird. Yeah. Um, Reagan just looks like Reagan. But yeah, like honestly, aged. actually, there was a couple of them that there's just like, yeah, that's just him. Yeah, it's just that guy. Yeah. Gerald Ford looks like a football, a high school football coach who peaked. And uh, yeah, Nixon just looks like a fat koala bear. Um, Lyndon B. Johnson looks like a woman, quite honestly. <laughs> he's he's um, rad. He looks so good. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. But I, I, it yeah. is important to remember all the presidents. And it's fun every once in a while when you try to go from memory, when you start at, at Biden and go backwards, you're like Trump, Obama, and then Bush, and you keep going okay. down. Um, and I've gotten pretty far with that. I used to know a bit more, but... How um, far can you go? I'm I interested. could probably go all the way to FDR. 
No, I can go lower than that. Pro- no, I think FDR. Before I could have gone. So let's see if you. Okay, so Biden, Trump, Obama, mm-hmm. George W., Clinton, George H.W., mm-hmm. Reagan, Carter Ford, Nixon, LBJ, Kennedy, Eisenhower, Truman, FDR, Hoover, mm-hmm. and I believe Coolidge, yep. and then um, Warren G. Harding, yep. and then Wilson, and then Taft, mm-hmm. and then Theodore Roosevelt, McKinley, uh, right before McKinley, I think was, shit, that's where I start to get a little fuzzy. They, tough. Once you get into the 1800s, they kind of get a little fuzzy for me. That was really good. Reagan. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I've gotten to, um, I know the beginning and I know the end, but yeah. it's the, the middle, you know, before, right before, and right after Lincoln, that it gets a little hazy. For Hoover's me. Hoover's the farthest I can get just because I remember Hoovervilles and FDR mm-hmm. cleared those up essentially, but I always forget Coolidge. Well, it's okay. So when I did my picture trivia round for the presidents, like, I wasn't going to put FDR on there because everybody should know what FDR looked like. Yeah. Like that should be a dead giveaway. Instead, I put Hoover. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would think you would know who Hoover was simply because of how he related to FDR and how he came after. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the same thing for Buchanan. I didn't put Lincoln on there. Everyone's going to recognize Lincoln. I put Buchanan. He's the guy who came right before. So I yeah. did stuff. I did stuff like that. I'm that asshole. Franklin yes, Pierce would be hard. I, 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 I did not, not put. He, I yeah. did not put Franklin Pierce. I did not put Miller Fillmore. I did not put Van Buren. Although I did have another question about Van Buren. So, hmm. yeah. yeah, presidents, man. Well, he was, only, he was the only president for whom English was not his native language. Wow. He grew I didn't up speaking. That. He grew up speaking Dutch. He uh, he learned English in school. Little Dutch boy. He was. That was terrible. <laughs> well, I, I think this is a good segue to mine because I actually wanted to put um, this on here because we've been talking about trivia. I am really good at trivia for some reason. And it's it's weird because it just surprises me. And I've thought about it. Whenever I play trivia, people are like, how are you? How do you know these things? And it reminds me, it's like a slumdog millionaire moment. That's what I call it. I'm like, I don't know. I was eight years old one time and a bottle of Dawn dish detergent fell on me and I saw that polyurethylene or whatever it is in it. I, I'm just making shit up, but you know what I mean? Polyurethylene, yeah. I don't know. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those, again, trivia. Yeah. I do. Well, and so what I'm saying is, is it's just, it just comes naturally to me. But I, I think I was able to pinpoint why I am uh, pretty solid at trivia. It's because... I'm able to deduce down outside of just the, the question itself. So like, let's call it metagaming. But I, I look at I look at a question and I try to think about just like what we were talking about, like who was a president before FDR? I don't know that off the top of my head, but I, I come back and I remember in uh, like ninth grade uh, U.S. history class when we were talking about Hoovervilles. I was, they called them that because of Hoover being the president. And then FDR came in and he created the New Deal. And that's what made it, it pretty much ended the Depression, the Great Depression. And so um, that kind of stuff, you know, I pull from or I think about an audience like Eric, I know you. And so some of the questions you ask, I'm like, he's going to bring some hard questions, but you know, he's going to put some fun questions in there, too. And so you have to kind of be prepared and and know the audience, but also just listen to to what they're trying to say. Uh, the trivia I go to, the host, she's amazing. She, I know that when she goes outside of her comfort zone, she's not gonna. It's not gonna be a convoluted answer. It's gonna usually be what's in your gut. If you're like, I think it's this, 
that's usually what she's going to put because she usually Google searches it. So it's like, think about Google searching it. What would be the first thing that pops up? And so sometimes we overthink answers and that's where you can get lost. You have to just stick with what you know and like probably 85% of the time it's right. Um, so for some reason, I just am good at trivia. And I think it does help a lot when there is pop culture stuff that's you know pretty much a given on on any trivia unless it's ridiculously hard like who was the third czar of russia during the bolshevik revolution or something um i i don't know i just don't, made that up too don't, don't make a face <laughs> you like you broke you my fucking brain, brain. <laughs> shut up you just broke my um, entire brain that's okay so but but for some reason i can just i just know a good amount about trivia and whenever somebody yeah. It's, it's like playing a pickup game of basketball. People are like, I want Zach on my team, right? And I, I yeah. like it. It's fun. I don't I don't boast or brag about it. I just like doing it because it's a good time, right? I'm, I'm like that with trivia too because I'm just, I don't know. I just know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. I've had mm-hmm. the opportunity to pick up a lot of information about a wide variety of subjects. And I, you know, there's a few that I'm, I'm really honed in on. And those are what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah I mean, trivia, learning, tri- I mean, doing trivia, I guess is sort of a, a, a little bit of a skill you can pick up because you notice you, you notice patterns just like with any other game really because yeah. it is a game well you know. and i think about i think about it too you know things like one of my favorite things is when someone's grading our paper and they're like oh my god how did you know that like I, I grew up watching The Simpsons, right? So whenever there's a Simpsons category for trivia, I'm like, yeah, got this. Yeah, yeah easy. I, I know the most <laughs> obscure fucking facts about that kind of stuff. And so to me, it's it's a piece of cake. But right. I, I get it when people are like, how the hell did you know that? I'm like, well, I, just, I, I, that, I know. That could have been the Simpsons could have been one of the one of the things you put on here. Yeah, that's esoteric knowledge there. Exactly. Everybody knows The Simpsons, but not everybody like knows knows the simpsons you know what i'm saying yeah. like if you really i have a book back there somewhere on my messy shelf behind me of uh, the mathematics of the simpsons because mm-hmm. it turns out the writers are all incredible like they're they're all versed in science and mathematics and engineering they have a lot of incredibly intelligent jokes because of they're, they're all schooled in the stuff so mm-hmm. um one of these days i'll i'll you know let you borrow it wow okay that's a good one. All right. So I think that's two for you now. Yeah. Two for me. So, right. So, so Tom. Jump back to me and mm-hmm. let's talk about something that's not as fun, but I have a lot of knowledge about it. I know Zach's not going to have this on his list and that <laughs> is serial killers. Um, I know way too much information about serial killers. Um, I, I listen to true crime stuff on YouTube all the time and For a while, I thought, oh, it's because I'm bored and and, you know, I just find these things and then they're interesting. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, this started early in my life where I watched movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Silence of the Lambs. And then you find out, oh, those are based on a a guy named Ed Gein. And it's like, oh, well, let's look up that guy. Oh, he's pretty terrible. Wait, there's a movie about him too? I guess I'll watch that. And I think that's kind of where it started for me, where like it was movies that dragged me in. Um, But serial killers are just interesting, not like in a fun way. It's just what's going on in their mind. It's I I can't even comprehend it because as a as a person who's never been in a fight and I could probably count on both my hands the uh, amount of times I've gotten angry like just upset like real angry um just 
I, I can't comprehend how someone's brain goes to murder. It, it just, <laughs> it baffles me. I don't understand how that works, but it, it's just, I, I consume it because it's interesting to me. Um, right. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I'm not like, I don't know, like birth dates of serial killers, but I know way more about like what they did in detail Right. I don't look at crime scene photos. That's ugh, I don't like seeing blood, <laughs> let alone anything like that. But Fair enough. I know, just know t- too many serial killers are bouncing around in my brain, which sounds like a weird statement. <laughs> and I don't enjoy that I know this much, but I'm also not really ashamed of it. Like I'll talk with about serial killers with someone if they really want to. No one has really, besides little things. Um, the show Mindhunter is great. That's a great show. Everyone should okay. watch it. Doesn't involve actual serial killers killing people, really, though. Just so you know, it's more about the creation of the FBI's uh, division for it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a reason these shows exist, right? It's yep. because some people are just there. There's something about that that just captures your interest and holds on to it. I mean, I've I've found myself watching those shows, but then I'm like, I don't. This is. <laughs> In a case of who needs, uh, you know, need to know basis, who really needs to know this much? <laughs> like, this is like, this is a connection to evil that I just don't feel comfortable touching. Right yeah, now. I, I'm never going to use any of this information unless you <laughs> no. ha- unless unless you have a round on serial killers for trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go. Yeah, there. it'd be a it's little too dark. dark. <laughs> too dark. No, too dark. Way too dark. You never know who's been traumatized when you. And, and, and you have to think about that stuff when you're yes. doing this. So, yeah, I understand the idea behind it for sure. Like, I'm not going to knock anybody for for liking it, for curling up with a blanket and a glass of wine. It's not my thing. I would never do no. that because I, I want to excuse me. I want to respect the victims. Um, but I think it's more about the psychology behind it. And that is that's fascinating to me. However, you have to be really careful because when we seek answers for things that cannot be explained, that's when you can kind of go crazy. Um, No one can explain really why Ted Bundy or Gacy or Dahmer did the things that they did. They can theorize and it can be dramatized in these films like Dahmer and then a John Wayne Gacy movie and then all the Ted Bundy bullshit. Um, it can all be dramatized, but you know that that's not the truth. Um, that's not the way it happened. And so it's creating a narrative for people who want the answer. And that's not that's not it's good. Sensationalizing something horrible. It's it, it, exactly. So I understand the fascination behind it. And that's how I look at it is it's just a fascination. It's like, why would someone do the things that they would do? So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I would be more I'm more interested in like documentaries mm-hmm. about it than movies about it. Like the movies about it, some of them are just I watch them because they're terrible. Like the Ed Gein one. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. The yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer one. It's a terrible movie. And it has a young uh, what's his name? Uh, Hawkeye. Jeff, uh, uh, Jeremy Renner. Renner. Oh, plays wow. Dahmer in like an early like movie like from the late 90s and yeah. it's just like Jeremy Renner is Jeffrey Dahmer all right I think you make and a it's good just point. like yeah, yeah. Like the it's documentary like, is sent out to explore an angle of the history of it and that's the point. yeah mm-hmm. whereas uh, a movie is just a soulless cash grab off of a, a horrible tragedy a series of mm-hmm. tragedies so ugh. I feel gross like Zach does on that 
So let's move on. <laughs> okay, let's move on to something. Here's one I think all three of us, I know all three of us, even if you didn't have it on your list, it's on your list. Football. <laughs> football. We were talking about fantasy football right before the we, we hit record. Football. Yes, we were. Like, listen, there. I watched it as a kid growing up. Just like you guys, I, I played it. It was my favorite sport when I was a kid. It still is. It's still far and away my favorite sport, and I, I love most sports, but it's my favorite. It really is. Um, I've had to really work hard to turn off the <laughs> the the knowledge collection on it because there was a there was a period of time, my God, where I could tell you the name of just about everybody on every practice squad in the NFL. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that's like I remember one time I was at a Seahawks practice at Husky Stadium. Uh, I think this was the year Mora was the coach. And um, there was this dude I was hanging out with. He mentioned something that was wrong. Some Seahawks trivia that was wrong. And I, I don't recall what it was, but I was just like, I knew it was wrong immediately. And I, I, I knew how it was wrong. I knew how wrong. I immediately like, no, that's not what happened. Here's what happened. And then I proceeded to go on like a 30 second story to explain exactly what happened. And this older guy behind me, starts chuckling and he says, dude, you know, way too much about football. <laughs> and, and like, I didn't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I buy that. Cause I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think too much knowledge is a bad thing. Really. Right. I don't know if I buy that, but there really is no good reason for me or any other fan to really know that much about football other than we're entertained by it. Um, but Hey, if that's your thing, if you like arguing about, you know, theory crafting about how teams should be built and what kind of players should be drafted. And if you follow, you know, the scouting combine, like I used to, I still, I like, I, I don't anymore, but like I used to, I would watch every second of the combine. I would obsess over numbers at pro days and who, who visit what scouts showed up at pro days. I would go over all kinds of mock drafts knowing that they're wrong, but it's interesting how they're wrong. That's <laughs> I do that now with like, like presidential elections, the polls are wrong. What I'm interested in is how wrong they are and why. <laughs> That's my nerdy fascination with it. I was just like that with the draft for a long time. And I still love football, but I have like actively chosen to sort of try to dial it back a little bit because it became I like I don't need to know that <laughs> that much. But it's still fun and I, I love the story element. I still watch the draft. I love the draft. It's some some of my favorite three days of the whole year is the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. On Saturday when they have rounds four through seven, I watch every single one. I look th- I watch the stories. I watch the kids reaction, their families. I love that stuff. I love it. I love it. Um it's just all the build up that leads up to it. I've kind of slice that away and sort of just <laughs> trying to exist in the moment. So anyway, uh, football, I know that's an interest that we're all shared, but for me, it, it truly is and was an esoteric fascination for me. Mine is, I also have football, but actually I went with fantasy football in particular. Fair enough. When it, So there was a period in my life before fantasy football where I just watched football and I knew who yeah. were on the Seahawks and I, knew all the big players, but then I joined a fantasy football league, the -hmm. one that we're currently in. Um, And that is, I I would say year one, I was still just kind of like, ah, I know some people. And then two, three, and four of this league, it went up to where like, I knew every player on each team that was fantasy relevant. So linemen don't need to know them, but I know everyone 
who's a wide receiver on each team and I know what their what their stats are, what the, depending on, their points are probably going to be next year and yeah. just I've toned off of that a lot in the last depending, three depending or four on who years. went where in free agency, how that mm-hmm. would affect players yeah, that like, you were oh, targeting who, and who's yeah. thrown to them now. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And it's just like who's knowing all of to, this man? information <laughs> and then realizing it doesn't actually matter. Most of that yeah. I, I could draft without knowing. I know literally I can't actually think of a rookie entering the draft this year. Usually I do research about two weeks before we do our draft to find out what rookies are good now. And it's, that's good enough for me, but this, it used to be like a, a four month process. Like once they're draft, <laughs> you, you drafted, you got to like pay attention to what's happening and everything and know what they did in college. And it's just like, that's just information I don't need. Ugh. Well, we live in a world too, where, you know, it helps because there are people that do that, that got, jobs because they analyze tape they crunch numbers and and they lived on twitter and that's like awesome right there's so many ben solak is a fantastic uh draft expert and he knows everything about like everybody danny kelly same kind of thing and he's a local guy he knows a shit ton about stuff yeah he started out on uh field goals uh, the sb nation one and now he's like a big time national yeah he works for the ringer podcast network um i listen to their podcast all the time and it's gotten me more into the draft stuff um, I, I would say I know a decent amount of fantasy fo- about fantasy football and football. It is not my favorite sport, though. Baseball is. I just don't know enough about both because as soon as the season's done, it literally goes out the next year, <laughs> yeah. um, which is weird for me yeah, because I hear you. you'd think of how much I like obsess over this stuff that I would be on the ball. But come come draft season next year, I'll be like. Who do I who do I draft? Is Russell Wilson still on the Seahawks? Like, do do, do I need to take him? Um, That's fair. It's weird, that. but well, there's also yeah. the like the dog days of baseball season, and like yeah, you know, exactly. especially this last year when the Mariners were yeah. competing, and you're just like, wait, is football? I have to think about football right now. I know, but but the Mariners <laughs> I can't think about football. Well, yeah, well, it, spring yeah. training's going on right now, so I'm you know yeah. obviously freaking out about that and just watching Jolnick it is tearing it up. Yeah, it will. I mean, spring training, it means nothing, right? No, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you just get to kind of see players warm up and it just gets you excited about the prospect of what is to come. Sure. But I mean, opening days on the 30th this year, you know, you so go. we're we're talking 28 we're there, days away. We're there. So, yeah, I'm well, that's I'm with pumped. me with like circling back to football. Like, I love the preseason. They shortened it a full week and I, I didn't like it. I love yeah. the preseason. Even week four of the preseason when it really did not matter in the slightest because the rosters were like they hadn't cut them down to 75, but they already knew who was going to make the roster. But the, there, there were players who were like this is their only experience in the NFL and mom's home filming it or whatever, like, you know, recording it. And it's like it's, it's interesting. I, I I like it just because I I, I like it. I, you know, well, and, yeah. In that fourth game, like there's guys who could do well, get cut, and it, if they did good in that game, they could get on a practice squad somewhere. Right. And like these yeah. things mean something to them. <laughs> yeah, it means something to the players. Don't tell yeah. them it's meaningless. They're not meaningless <laughs> games. Well, and it gives us something to discuss. Like I know that I'm I'm looking at Eric's Twitter timeline during preseason and stuff because you know he's like James Robinson's going to be so good or something like that. You know, yeah, and, and, and so you're looking wrong. at all these Seahawks players, and we bounce that off of off of our other friends. Like I have a lot of friends that I met off of Twitter who are now my friends in real, real life uh, that we discuss sports all the time. And so it's fun to see what they have to say and we can all celebrate, 
you know, a fifth string wide receiver making a great catch and being like, that's potential right there. He could fill yeah. in in this backup role or he could be a special teams player. Sure. And so it's cool. It's cool to pan over those things, right? Like we're like, holy shit, this is awesome. It's also, that's the season of optimism because yes. nobody's lost a game yet. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's lost a game yet. Nobody's been cut. Anybody can be anything. It's the season of optimism. August is just about the best year and fo- uh, best year, be- best month of the year anyway. So, oh yeah. All right. So my number two was football. And I think Tom's number three was fantasy football, right? Yep. Yep. All right. And Zach, have you done two or have you done? I've done two. So how about you do your third? Okay. Well, then I'm going to move on to another one that I'm pretty confident we're all going to share. Video games. Video game knowledge. Now, for me, like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XI, uh, Civilization V, Halo, Skyrim, Oblivion, Morrowind, like whatever. Um like I remember when Steam first came out, and uh, Andrew, our old you know pal Andrew, we worked with at the casino, he kind of called me out one time. He because like I was obsessively playing a game. He's like, "Dude, do you even like play other games?" <laughs> and I, I sort of like instinctively, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure, here, sure, yeah, I do." But I but I don't actually. Um, like I get su- I'm an obsessive gamer. I get sucked into one game and I stay there. I'm obsessive about it. When I find a game I really really like. I kind of dive all the way in and um, I stay in for a good long time. And even when like I eventually lose interest in the game, I'm almost definitely going to find my way back to it at some point, probably more than once. Like I joked about it a couple of weeks ago about uh, playing World of Warcraft again and reactivating my account. And I haven't yet, (laughs) (laughs) but I thought about it twice in the last four days. So it's like, (laughs) it's going to happen. It's coming. Like like, it's going to happen. No, no, I'm not going to do it. Today. Sure. <laughs> and I, I can, I can activate a character right now and run around some of those old zones without ever looking at a map and know exactly where I'm going. <laughs> no, no problem. I could go, you know, Tom's nodding because he's the same way. And I'm like that with a, a lot of games, Final Fantasy 11, same way. Well, um, anyway, uh, Skyrim, I don't need a map for Skyrim. I know where every single landmark is on that map because I've played through it so many freaking times. That's awesome. And like, I, yeah, I can go right through there. Um, I'm playing Civilization Five again. Why? I don't know. It's just it's a fun, strategic, time killing game that I happen to enjoy. It combines two of my favorite interests, history and gaming, and I can play it while I catch up on Critical Role because I've kind of fallen behind for their season three. Um, I also just stopped yet another Mass Effect playthrough because I <laughs> because I realized that I wanted to catch up on Critical Role and I couldn't play that and listen to critical role at the same time. So I bounced over to Civ five and I had gotten back into mass effect after I got burned out on star <laughs> citizen, which isn't even a real game yet. And I've committed, like, I don't even want to say how much money towards its development because I, <laughs> I, it's a game I think deserves to be made. And it's the perfect concept of a space sim for a future. We all want to live in. And it's like the closest thing any of us are ever going to get to living in it. And I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm in the cult. Um, I'm an obsessive gamer and uh, you know, as such, I learned way too much about any of the games I just mentioned and you know, a few others. And like I said, I, I know as I know as much about the landscape and geography of Azeroth as I do Washington state, my own home state. <laughs> you know, And that's, that's because I've been pouncing around both of them for as long as I have. So, and for a lot of people, Tom knows Azeroth better. <laughs> 
<laughs> than his well, own backyard when it comes to I that. was just thinking, I, uh, I could probably, if you gave me a blank map of World yeah. of Warcraft, I could probably tell you where the zones are of each yeah. one much better than I could with a map of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I and, could do better. <laughs> and this is something I think generationally, uh, older, gen- I don't want to, I hate, I hate painting with a broad brush, but I think Gen X doesn't have too much of a problem with this, but I think boomers do sometimes where they seem to believe that if it happened in a, in a game or online, it's not real. Mm. No, those experiences matter. They real, like they, they really happen. Those, the Azeroth is a real place because you've really been there. You've really spent a lot of time there and invested a lot of interest and knowledge in it and enjoyed its beauty and everything that went into it. Like it's, it's, it's a real place because mm-hmm. you really had experiences there and you really know it. So it's real. It counts. Mm. Yeah, me and my guild have to do a strategic thing to bring down a monster in a very specific way. We did that as a team because if one of you messes up in a lot of the things in World of Warcraft when you're doing raids, yeah. you're all going to die. So no <laughs> one can do something wrong. You have to work as a team. It is real. <laughs> it's a real experience. It really counts. It's a Absolutely. real place. So uh, yeah, so that's – but that's – again, that is an esoteric bank of knowledge that – Tom, like for World of Warcraft, Tom, that you and I have, and I think millions of others have because they played the game, but for the tens of millions and hundreds of millions of other people around the world who have been billions who have never played the game, they're like, what? <laughs> like, I've, <laughs> I've heard of it, but like. I saw that South what, Park episode. <laughs> what, what's Lord Ron? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, what's a Tauren? Like, yeah. So anyway. Give so, yeah, Spring shout engaged. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Going back but, to Skyrim. God, how many times have I played through Skyrim? Love Skyrim. And I always uh, end up playing a stealth archer. It's so it's so goddamn good. I love it Skyrim. I've never is. finished it. Yeah, Get all the shouts. I've played it, I've played it maybe game. 10 times and never finished. I don't think you, you ever really finish Skyrim. I think yeah. you just keep playing. Well, I, I've yeah. never got to the end of the main storyline. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm that's a great thing about the great thing about Elder Scrolls is it's like what main quest you just yeah. kind of do whatever yeah. you want to do. Ooh, a rock. <laughs> well, okay. So <laughs> what does this rock like, do? <laughs> any game that's like a sim that you kind of mm-hmm. take part in that world and you can immerse yourself in it for me is fascinating. And I've collected a lot of, you know, so anyway, that's my entry. That's my third entry video, uh, certain video games. So. Agreed. A hundred percent. I have four very good friends that I met playing playing Call of Duty. Uh, you know, one I know in real life. I mean, I know all of them in real life, but one I know in real life, and he hooked me up with the group, and then I met one through that, and then we all had like a boys' weekend where we all hung out, and I'm like, this is cool. So it brings you together. And what I would say is, the generations like fuck the boomers because we're looking at a, a revolution now with video games where The Last of Us is a fantastic TV show. Yeah, it is. That's a video game adaptation. That right. is the blueprint for how you adapt a video game into any type of uh, medium that is, is film, right? And so we're going to see more and more people accept video games over the years. We have, but they're going to become more of a, not a stigma, not something where people are like, I used to date, or I used to go on a few dates with girls that would say, Oh, you can't play video games. Cause my ex played video games and he just never did anything. And I'm like, well, that okay. sucks. But Bye. also you can't put someone into that, that specific basket because of it doesn't, it shouldn't be video games equal. You're not going to pay attention to me. I mean, I said it 15 years ago, I was telling people like some of the best stories out there these days, you'll only find in video games, yep. some of the best stories out there. And I would get looks like, and still you get looks if you say that they're like, okay, but like, 
It's because you're immersed into that game. And so you're part of that world. I've I. Yeah. But for a lot of people, they didn't who didn't grow up playing games yeah. who didn't, you know, it's hard to it's hard to make it relevant. I'm waiting for the Tetris movie. Um, OK, jumping, jumping. That too, actually too looks much. interesting. It yeah, does look sorry. good. I'm, I'm excited. It's got Taron Egerton. He's my boy. <clears throat> so I'll jump to my third. So um, I am a corporate security investigator. And w- what I have been doing for the last 13, 14 years has been investigations. I have this knack uh, for for knowing this, this hunger for knowing. So understanding the basics of things, but then looking beyond and thinking, what if and how could this work? Or what would happen if this were to happen or putting a puzzle piece Creating a puzzle from one small piece, Eric. Yes, in in D and D lore, that would be called an insight check. Ooh, <laughs> you 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 are proficient in insight. Do I have to roll it's, for dexterity? No, you would roll for wisdom. Actually, oh, okay. insight. Well, I just rolled a twenty, so. Well, you'd have a high insight score, so yes, I, I get what you're getting at. Yes, okay. To be able to grasp the hidden meaning behind the yes. pieces of the puzzle that you see. Yes. Yes, and I think that goes hand in hand with pretty much all of my things that I'm passionate about is I just have this thirst for for knowledge. So I want to understand why things are the way they are. So we were talking about the Rambo movies, like you were saying, Mandy watched uh, Rambo and she watched the other First Blood movie. For me, even though First Blood Part three is bad, I still have to watch it in sequence because I need to know the whole world. I, I, I can't skip around and be like, I don't want to watch Rocky five because we all know that was just a dream. It never actually happened. I have to watch that to complete a saga for things um, just so I can formulate my own opinion on it. And so whenever people don't know something, I try to look beyond and say, hang on a second, what is wrong with this and how can I, how can I fix it? Um, For example, Candace was trying to get Taylor Swift tickets and her the other day and one of her coworkers sent her a Facebook marketplace link that someone said, I have four tickets for $800. And I was like, that sounds weird because you should probably use Ticketmaster. But she was getting ready to contact him to ask. And she asked me, said like, hey, so this is what's going on. And I just texted him. Do you think I should do it? And I said, well, pause, 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 pause. (laughs) I go, there's a myriad (laughs) of things we need to discuss. (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) How does why is he selling tickets for pretty much face value at two hundred dollars a pop? Um, why are why are they posted on Facebook and not on Ticketmaster Exchange or any of the other very secure ticket sites? Uh, what is he asking for you? And she's like, "Well, I just I, I think it's a good deal." I go, "No, no, 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 hang on a second. I'm, it I'm is telling a good you, deal. you're right about the yeah." Deal. I, I go, I go, <laughs> I go. You need to stop and think. Is it too good of a deal to be true? She's like, "Yeah." I go, "What is your gut telling you?" She's like, "This might be uh, suspicious." And I'm like, "It is suspicious." So we asked, <laughs> we were texting. He's like, "Yes, yeah, send you know, give us, give me your your Ticketmaster email, and I'll send them to you once you Venmo me." And I go, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, do not send him a dime." Done. And I said. I said, how about you just be nice and say, hey, would you like to use Ticketmaster Exchange or Game Time or something like that? And then he went radio silent. And then a couple hours go by. She got a message from the coworker. She's like, hey, don't respond to that. It's a scam. It was posted in Facebook Marketplace and everybody's saying it's a scam. And then she's like, she's like, so you were right. I was like, I don't want to be I don't want to be right. Like, I'm not trying to say I told you so. I'm just I'm, I'm telling you, I can smell a scam a mile away. Um you know, it's but it's what I do. I investigate things. I'm curious. And that's what investigations is, is just being curious about things. So for me, I don't just accept things on face 
on the face value, I always look beyond it, which can be problematic, but it is what I do for a living and I'm just naturally pretty good at it. That's good. I mean, I've been burned on it before, not Facebook marketing, but like other places I've been, I've been scammed before. I've been oh, burned. I've been scammed. Oh, I've been sure. scammed a bunch. Don't, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, 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 I think once it's happened to you, you're also more sensitive to the tips and tricks of how it goes and what they're, you know, so man, that's a really good entry. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to move away from uh, things like video games and football because like you're right, I, I would have video games or sports on my list, but I'm like I can do better than that. I can think of something different. Um, but yeah, I mean I fucking love video games. So there you go. <laughs> okay, so that's your third. And I yeah, think so back to Tom. Tom, I think. Yes. Um, well, you were just talking about your work, so why don't I talk about mine? Um, because I knew you guys would not have this on your list because you're not medical coders. And <laughs> I have realized very recently I'm actually very good at medical coding. And I also know a lot of codes. Um, so I always have to have this moment when I tell someone what I do. I have to then go into an explanation of what the hell is medical coding. Like, it sounds like a coder, like you're, you're doing something with a computer. I'm like, no, no, no. So when you go to the doctor, he's going to do his thing. Say he uh, he did a like a, a visit and then he was like, oh, I'm going to inject your knee with uh, some catalog because you got a bad knee. Um all of those things have a price to them. They also go into your medical records record so that doctors know what's wrong with you in the future. And I can tell you right now that that would probably be a level four visit. Uh, there's usually uh, five levels where it goes from one, two, three, four, five. Um, the injection is going to already just bump that up to a level four. And these are all sorts of fun things that I get to try to explain to people. So I usually just go with, I'm a middleman between a doctor and the insurance. Cause it's a lot easier than trying to describe all that. I could even give you the codes for all those things, including the Kenalog, which has its own code. Um, uh, there are 10,000 CPT codes, which are the procedure codes. And then there are 70,000 diagnosis codes. And there are a lot of them. I don't know all of them because that's impossible. <laughs> but uh, I've been teaching somebody recently at work and I realize they'll like be like, oh, what's the code for atrial fibrillation? And they'll start to look it up and I'll be like, oh, don't worry. It's I-48.91 easy you want any of the other ones because i know all the other versions of atrial fibrillation also um and i have started realizing how many of these things are in my brain and that i'm actually good at my job guys <laughs> it's weird uh, so yeah so i'm a good medical coder and i know a lot about it cool okay. i i added that one as my last one because i could not think of a fifth i'm not very i don't i'm very no. knowledgeable in about four things and then my job if you don't have a fifth, Tom, I have a fifth for you. Oh, no, I have a fifth. I just okay. I, that was going to be my fifth. But I moved it up because you just talked about work. So <laughs> it's it's this is one of those things where nobody's going to believe us that we don't actually coordinate this shit before we talk, because my fourth <laughs> also had to do with work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to think, oh, we told no, we did not. It just happened. To, OK, yeah. Um. I was actually going to talk about uh, wiring for the uh, for the Boeing 737, specifically the Ford instrument panel. So Boeing 737 wiring, you could write that down on our little document to keep track of our topics. Um, like this one, it's, it's this specifically, it doesn't mean anything to you guys because you don't have any connection to it. You, you haven't worked in the Boeing wire shop, but 
unless like Mike Larson listens in, he would be like the only one I could think of or the, uh, you know, maybe a couple other people who could, you know, I know who could possibly listen in who would know. Um, this is, again, this has to do with work, just like you guys are talking about, because it, it takes, it's, it's about how we can master whatever craft we happen to be working at. You know what I'm saying? It's like you talk about, Zach, you talked about investigation. Tom, you talked about coding. It turns out you have like, this is not a job you were ever told existed when you were a kid. You did not grow up thinking, I want to be a medical coder. I could be good at that. You had no idea this job existed until you met people who did it. And then you got into it because you thought, hey, I, that might not be a bad way to make a living. I could probably figure it out. And then you figured it out. And it turns out you're actually pretty freaking good at it. You know, that's that's how it goes sometimes. That's how it goes. That's how I got into the job I have now. But speaking of that path, um, like to this day, like look, craftsmanship, it takes time, right? Expertise, it takes time to build up. Like to this day, I would recognize every, if you were to open up a 737, the front, and you pulled out the forward instrument panel, I would recognize every wire, every connector that's formed behind it because for 40 to 70 hours a week, every week for almost eight years, I built the damn thing. Uh, I became a subject matter expert on every process in the shop that built that panel. I wrote standard work on those processes. When we started to uh, go away from the NG and start building the Max, it was a new plane and it was wired differently. And I was one of the ones who was tabbed to find out how the new processes differed from the others. And I helped develop standard work to build the new plane or in that particular section of the shop that I was in. And that was totally not my job to do that. I was machinist, like doing that job. That's like industrial engineering. That's lean practitioners. That's what they should be doing. Um, and so actually now my job uh, as, as an analyst, as a, uh, as a manufacturing operations analyst, that's my job now at the company. That's part of what I do. Um, so I actually get to do that quite a bit and I, I capturing those best practices. Except now my job is to also help find those subject matter experts and try to find and try to capture those practices and try to use lean activities and lean tools to help improve those activities. And that's a huge part of what I do now. Um, so anyway, but, and that's something I'm still trying to get good at because I'm still relatively new to it. I've only been in this role since last September, but the, you know, 11 years before that 11 and a half, almost 12 years before that, I was in the wire shop and I was a bench tester for four years. I got really good at supporting all the programs. I got really good at that particular aspect of the job. In the first seven years there, I was just building that four instrument panel. So literally when I was forming those bundles, this is something Mike can relate to. Like you, when you're routing, you get like a work packet of these wires and it's listed all the wires and it lists their, their coordinates on this form board that you're supposed to, and none of this is proprietary information, by the way. Um, <laughs> There'll be a test later. <laughs> no, no, none of this is proprietary. It's fine. Uh, like there's like places where you route it. So you so that's, you form a bundle. You, you have to make it fit a certain shape so that when it's done, it could fit into the panel. It's supposed to fit into, which then fits into the airplane we're supposed to fit. Okay. You have to form these things and then cut them to length. That's how you build a wire bundle. That's the same everywhere. So you would get this packet of wires and all this information of where they go. And it got to the point that I could do it even without looking just the barest glance at the paperwork, because by feel, the feel of the wires as I separate them on my fingers, I knew where they went. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's not like Mike could do that with what he does now. Mike could totally do that without even asking him. I know he can do that because he's been doing it long enough that he's developed the knowledge to be able to do that. And the same is true for so many different other jobs there. That craftsmanship takes time and you can't, you can't teach that. This just takes time. 
So um, respect for craftsmanship. It's an esoteric, weird form of knowledge. Um, so yeah, that's my fourth. Respect for craftsmanship is what you'd call it. I would call it Boeing 737 wiring is what I would call it. That's my <laughs> knowledge. 737? 737. Yeah, buddy. That's my I, fourth. I would not know what to do. But just nope, like you, you after time, obviously, you'd get good at it. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just practice, mm-hmm. repetition, yeah. rinse and right. repeat. Oh, yeah. I like there's, it. There's medical notes I can just scroll through and know everything that it, I'm going to be coding from it. Like, yeah, it was hieroglyphics when you first just, looked at it, but now, yeah, yeah, now it's just like, oh yeah, okay, I know what's going it's on. Intuitive. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it takes me two minutes. So for mine, for my fourth one, I'm just going to call it retail fundamentals. So along the lines of work, because a good chunk of my life was retail, about 15 years. I know the ins and outs and the inner workings of a retail establishment, of basic retail establishments, how things work, how scheduling works, how customer service works, how product ordering works, logistics, uh, policies, cash handling procedures, all those types of things that go into running a store, um, I know. So basically, I could build a store from the ground up, and I could probably do a pretty good job with it. Not excuse me, uh, not saying that it would be a fully functioning, great operating store, but I could get the gist of it just because I have a wealth of knowledge in that. Um, but more on top of that, I think the thing that I get passionate about is I do miss retail. I miss retail for the fact that the customer facing times are great when you have moments that you can just deal with the customer and they're so happy and just helping people. I, I missed that so much. And I just had this natural gift to sell, to sell things to people. Um, but how that carried over into my personal life is I'm a deal hunter. And so when I need something, when I need to purchase something, I don't just go out and buy it. I stop. I look online. I know where to go. I use my investigative skills to search around for the best deal I can possibly get on that item. And then I also stop and say, do I absolutely need this or can I wait another month for the big sale when it actually goes on sale? Um, so I think that's what retail has done to me is is created a better deal hunter or made me a better deal hunter and just kind of appreciated retail in general and understanding the the, the breadth of the entire industry. So I, I would just call it retail fundamentals is what I'm passionate about. <laughs> um, I am not good at doing that. I usually just go and get the item. I don't think about whether I can wait for it. I just, I know I want it right now. And I, I don't really do that much research into the lowest that I can get the price. I just find a place I can get it. Maybe look at another one and be like, oh, a little bit less? No? Okay. And hmm. I just, I I don't have any patience for that at all. <laughs> Well, that's not uh, not one I can connect to at all, but I completely I get where you're get, coming from. Just, I don't happen to. Yeah, that's yeah. esoteric. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, knowing a shit ton about retail. It's 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 fun to me for some reason. So cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So, Tom, I think we're wrapping up on your fifth. Well, my last thing is something that I've only been doing for about a year and a half now, and that is uh, ice cream. Um I have gotten very good at making ice cream um, and I have 
I would say I'm not like a master or anything, but I have more knowledge than the average person. People, uh, I just went to an event uh, last night. Uh, Whitney was a panelist on something and her coworkers were there and she has brought my ice cream to the office uh, several times now. And they were fascinated by me. It was the first time <laughs> they had ever met me and they were just like talking about my ice cream. And it's just like, I always tell people like, it's it's not that hard. It's just milk cream and sugar like that is your general ice cream is those three ingredients and then you throw a flavor in it it's it's not that hard um but i know lots of things about it like what like to make a gelato compared to an ice cream they are different guys um i know that gelato means ice cream in italy (laughs) but that doesn't mean they're the same uh gelato has less fat in it it's usually less cream, more milk. Um, it's it's richer because ice cream has more fat. Usually fat equals flavor in like all of cooking and all the history of the world. But when it comes to ice cream, it's the opposite because the fat coats your tongue and you can't taste it as much. So that's why gelato is richer than ice cream because there's less fat in it to cover your tongue. So you taste more of it. And it's just like all of these little things about ice cream that I've learned (laughs) because, because I got two ice cream books for, uh, I think I got it for like Christmas or something. And just like, I, that's another thing that happens. Like you get me a book for Christmas about food and I'm going to dive in. Yeah. Uh, I, hear that. I, I, hear I started with pizza where I just went on a pizza kick where I was making pizza. Like anyone want to make, <laughs> I'll make them a pizza. Let's do this. And now it's ice cream and I'm making ice cream for a hundred person wedding in May. Like that's awesome. it's, <laughs> and it's just like all these different flavors that I want to try and make. You uh, mentioned a, uh, yeah, the milk bar in New York City, right? You went to yes. the milk bar. Okay. Uh, I believe you... there's one going up in Bellevue. There is. I was if it's not already up, yeah. Uh, I, I don't but think it's yeah. up yet, but there is one going up. I wouldn't know anything March, about I, I don't know 23rd. anything about making ice cream, but I know that Tom, you make good ice cream. Minus the beer ice cream. Never make that again. Burn it in the fire. It, it was so good in such a bad way. <laughs> yeah, I ate it all. I, I want Ugh. they have the book I have has several other beer ones that I think mm-hmm. would be better because they don't involve hops as like much. Like a stout, a stout ice cream. Yeah. yeah, I would. Well, just, I'm gonna uh, make one Red, of those Red Hook in the near had future. a yeah. Red Hook made a uh, what is it? Their porter beer or whatever. They mm-hmm. they did like a beer float. They made an ice cream out of it and put it in a glass of beer. It was tasty. Sounds very tasty. I, I really want Salt and Straw to make the IPA ice cream so I can see if mine yeah. tastes the same or if I did something terribly wrong because okay. maybe they make it better. But uh, freak. Yeah. But yeah, I, ice cream. We still got to choose one flavor. There's going to yeah. be four flavors at the well, wedding. We have three so far and they need to get that last one down. Well, we, yeah. we had an entire episode on ice cream flavors. Oh, so yeah. recommend mm-hmm. our listeners go back and listen to that and let Tom go off because he, he goes on some soapbox there, boys and girls. <laughs> He's all over it. So, all right. Uh, I think we're moving on to my number five. Yep. Okay. This is kind of a long one, so I'll see if I can wrap it up. Uh, uh, history. History, <laughs> history, uh, Tom, this is another one of those trivia subject, uh, uh, trivia subjects that I was really good at that you're really missing. Cause I'm not there. Uh, I'm actually running it. Sorry, buddy. Uh, the concept of time fascinates me. Like I'm fascinated by the fact that like, if you combined all of the world's existence and squeezed it down into the span of one year, humanity wouldn't make its appearance until that final minute. Like that's fascinating to me. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by the knowledge that we used to share this planet with other humans. 
Like mm-hmm. we weren't the only humans on this planet. We just won. Homo sapiens were not alone, right? Um, like I'm fascinated by the fact that the pyramids of Giza were built while there were still a few woolly mammoths running around. That's like so that's weird. how, yeah, <laughs> that's how old they are, oh, uh, or how, or really, if you think about it, how recently there were woolly mammoths. Yeah, like not that long ago. Uh, I'm bewildered, really, by the knowledge that like Barbara Walters, uh, Bob Newhart from TV, we've all we've seen them both. They were born the same year as Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank. God, that's so weird. They were born the same year, 1929. And we think of these as like really distinct periods of time. And they were, but they also weren't that long ago, right? The horrors of World War II was not that long ago. Um, I nerd out about, you know, the ha- Hamilton musical. I love him. I love it so much. I-, <laughs> I love that period of history. It was such a monumental, momentous period of uh, for all of humanity. Um, and I think of the differences of manner and custom and technology and the basis of knowledge and everything else from then to now. And like, I'm astonished when I think that Harriet, when Harriet Tubman of underground railroad fam, Harriet Tubman, when she was a little girl, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison were still very much alive when she was a little girl, when she was an old woman, Ronald Reagan was alive Weird. and he was president when we were kids. So this is history, but it's not ancient history. It wasn't that long ago. So all these horrors and, and, we all the things of history that have impacted us it's it's fascinating that concept of time it's 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 something that i I think about just all the time i read about i listen to podcasts about it i consume youtube content about it it was my favorite part it was my favorite class in school that continued all the way into um college where it's just many of my favorite classes were history or history adjacent um I've picked so because I adore it, I've picked up a, bu- a ton of random trivia on the matter over the years. And I've even kind of picked out a few areas of history that I keep coming back to, like American Revolution, Civil War, whatever have to you. But like with film, we discussed film earlier, like there are some there are certainly some objective external facts associated with names and dates and and such. But so much of our understanding of the history is subjective. So it provides a never ending entertainment to sit there and geek out over coffee or over a beer or whatever, talking about things that came before. Um, although it can get kind of heated. So you gotta be careful who you're talking to about it and what you're <laughs> talking about. So uh, like history provides context about who we were informs who we are. That's what history is for. Um, I mentioned presidents before, right? This is part of it. This is part of my, my fascination with presidents is sort of joined with my fascination of history um like you think of the election of 2020 and people consider it sketch like not not remotely the sketchiest one like rutherford b hayes they called him his fraudulency okay (laughs) so like let's go brandon is little league shit compared to what they were calling rutherford b hayes like that's nothing um like you think our politics is nasty now like jefferson's people ran stories in the papers calling john adams a hermaphrodite wow Okay, those papers, by the way, exist to this day, like in PDF form. You can go back and read them. Wow. They're 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 captured. Um, like, eh, so like if if you're down, the flip side is if you're down about how things are right now. Like, I get it, but things have been worse. Like, even in the lifetime of like our folks, we were talking about the boomers a minute ago. Like, um, like there was such a seismic period of time, like the 1960s, such a seismic period of time, like. It was so seismic that the bases of the two political parties in this country completely shifted. 
Yeah. Totally, totally shifted. It's completely unfathomable to this to to think about. But like conservatives have always been conservatives, liberals tend to be liberals, whatever. But Republicans used to be mostly liberals based in the industrial northeast, and Democrats used to be the party of Jefferson, they were the Southern Conservatives. What happened? Like JFK's assassination in 63, Civil Rights Act in 1964, election LBJ, Voting Rights Act of 60, uh, Civil Rights Act of 64, Voting Rights Act of 65. Southern conservatives abandoned LBJ. They joined forces with the Republican counterparts and those who supported those acts became Democrats. So like there was over 10,000 bombings in America in 1968. Did you know that? No. Bombings. 10,000 bombings in this country. You think mass shootings? 10,000 10,000 bombings in 1968 and that was an election year and robert kennedy was the odds-on favorite to win the democratic nomination but he was assassinated that summer and conservative democrats who were still continuing the revolt from lbj and his new new democrat they supported segregationist george wallace is a third party independent and that's how richard nixon became president and then on and on and on we go like it's understanding that history provides context so when you say so when somebody's you know on Facebook or whatever, well the Democrats were for slavery. Yeah, but that was like the them then, like 150 years ago. Like it's a totally seismic shift in the city. If you you're either dishonest about the context or they're ignorant and don't know what they're talking about. So history provides context. I'm fascinated by the context it provides, and I understand that I'm one of those few nerds <laughs> who are like that. Maybe you care, maybe you don't, but. That's my that's my spiel on that history. I'm I'm a geek about it. I've stated multiple times on this podcast. I don't care about history at all. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Actually, I don't even don't care about it. I just do not think about it. <laughs> I hear like, it's a just, lot of people don't. It's just not in my brain. <laughs> I'd rather I have get... a beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's not. I don't see how that would. All right. Fine. Whatever. Moving well, on. I, I've told the story many times where I was over in England with Gordy. Yes, and yes, I remember. Yeah, he describes everything about it. And it's just like, yeah, but the bar has beer, right? Like, yeah. I don't need to know the history about it was bombed in World War II. How is that affecting me right now from drinking beer in England? Like, it's just a cool anecdote, man. It's cool. <laughs> he thought it was. Okay. You don't Sorry, Gordy. I know you're going to be listening to this. Yeah. Anyway, I got you, Gordy. I, I know. You and I are <laughs> birds of a feather on that. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, all right. So that's my number five. Sorry for the long spiel. Zach, what about your number five? I also love history, but not as much as you. Uh, so for me, I would say that, uh, how you feel about history is how I feel about the outdoors and specifically the things that the outdoor activities that I like to do. I'll never say I know how to be the best cyclist in the world or the best paddleboarder or the best snowboarder or the best camper or hiker or whatever, I can always learn something new when I'm out there, but I'm very, very knowledgeable when it comes to how to interact in the outdoors and how to do things. So Tom, you were asking about a hike. I mean, I could name a dozen hikes for you to start out and I would give you advice on the methods of, of how to start out. Cause you can't just go gung ho with a pair of Nike running shoes and so on and so forth. Like you also don't need something hardcore like a multi-day backpack and all the 10 essentials, which you usually should keep your 10 essentials with you. But like you can get away with certain hikes where you'll be okay because it's overpopulated anyways. 
and like they're just you know little ebbs and flows to to hiking or to the outdoors and i i'm just very passionate about that um conservationalism uh making sure that people are following rules on on trails because rules exist for a reason reason especially out there um so I'm sorry that you feel entitled and you want to go take a selfie off of the trail. Fuck you. Get back on the trail. Keep your dog on a leash. I love dogs, but if your dog is not well behaved and it's off a leash, then that's going to piss me off and it's going to piss off a lot of other people. Um, so it's just, you know, like ebbs and flows. There are some gray areas for sure, but, uh, I, I think that I just know a lot about the outdoors and I could just talk about it for hours. It's a great. Subject. I, Hope I am more into the outdoors by the end of this summer. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> that, that's my hope. <laughs> yeah, and the, like he's alluding to, there's there's levels to this shit. I mean, some people go deep in the survivalist stuff, and we've talked about that on the podcast before. Like, you can really go really far on it. But hey, I mean, it is an esoteric bank of knowledge that a, a lot of people just like. I don't need to know how to make a fire from sticks. I don't. I don't <laughs> need to know that. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If the grid goes down, it's not going to go down for long. A lot of that stuff is bunk. So I don't really know. I don't care. Mm-hmm. The outdoors, the outdoors, the civilization is to protect us from the outdoors. Nature is to be protected from. There you go. <laughs> I get it. So, all right, guys, I think that's our list. That's five for everybody, right? Yep. All yes, right. So let's, let's go down the list here. Tom, Thomas had movies, serial killers, fantasy football, medical coding, and ice cream. Eric, that's me. I had presidents, football, video games, Boeing 737 wiring and history. Zach had movies, trivia, investigations, retail fundamentals, and the outdoors. So this was a really long episode, but I really think we got in some depth of knowledge and everybody got to know us a little bit better, and I think it was good. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Top 5 Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Top 5, at ZachDale60, at TomTop5, and at SnackBurglar, where you can give us ideas, tell us if we're crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank you, and remember, it is okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. If you have knowledge, let others light their candle in it. That was very nice. That was very touching. So poignant. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.